Tonight's class is dedicated in memory of Siruga Siruva Bat Siruva Bat Shmuel. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Tonight's class was called Faith and Vision. Faith of Vision, Vision of Faith. I played with that name. <laughs> and you'll see why in a moment. So first of all, why is that the title for this week? Second of all, what vision are we talking about? Third of all, how does that kick into faith? We hope to answer all those questions tonight. So today's Shabbat, the one coming up, is called Shabbat Chazon. Why is it called Shabbat Chazon? Because the Shabbat before Tisha B'Av, the day of destruction of the temple, the, also the day of the birthday of Mashiach, we are taught that we always, always read the Haftorah, which opens up the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 1, Chazon Yeshayo, a vision by Isaiah. Okay? And he goes on to give his vision. And that's why it's called Shabbat Chazon, simply named after this famous Haftorah the portion from the prophets that you read after the reading of the Torah. Comes along a deep teaching in Hasidus and says that there's a deeper meaning here. I believe it's Rabbi Levitzel who gives this insight. It's quoted in the Rebbe's teachings and it's explained. Shabbos Chazon is the Shabbat that every single soul receives a vision. What is the vision that every single soul sees? Every single soul, every single Jewish person, this Shabbat, their soul will have a vision of the third holy temple. We're taught there's an argument who's going to build the third temple. And there's an opinion that says that the temple will actually be built by God and will be brought down by heaven. And there's a whole explanation how the two come to meet. The Rebbe, blessed memory, has a beautiful... I remember I was standing there by the Fabrengen when the Rebbe explained how both opinions, it has to be our work, the mitzvahs, for us to build a holy temple. And then how does that work with the teaching that God has the temple built and it will descend? But either way, the third temple already exists. It exists in heaven. So we each receive a vision of this third holy temple. A beautiful teaching in its own right, but he doesn't stop there. He explains what's happening, and he gives a metaphor. A metaphor of a father who bought his child a beautiful suit. But the child was young, the child was wild, the child Shabbos wasn't in shul. He was outside running, jumping, playing, and he ruined his suit. His father bought him another suit. Gave him the second suit, and once again, he's outside, he's playing, freeze tag, tag, whatever it is, he's playing. And sure enough, by the time Shabbat is over, the suit is ruined. His father bought a third suit. But the third suit he didn't give him. He put the third suit in the closet. And every once in a while, he would take his son and say, come with me, I want to show you something. You see that suit in the closet? It's yours. As soon as you're mature enough to realize its value, to protect it, 
and to make sure that you don't ruin it. Says the Holy Tzaddik, so too Hashem gave us the first Bet HaMikdash. We were wild. We were immature. After 405 years, the temple was destroyed. He gave us a second temple 70 years later. Again, we were wild. We were immature. And what happened? The temple after 410 years was destroyed. So Hashem gave us a third temple, only he didn't hand it over to us yet. He put it in his closet in Shamayim, in heaven. And once a year, he takes us and shows us, it's yours. It's already yours. I will give it to you when you're mature enough to realize its value. Says the Holy Tzaddik, what is the Shabbat that he shows us the suit hanging in the closet? The Holy Third Temple already prepared, already given to us in Shamayim in heaven, this Shabbat. And thus he says the Shabbat before Tisha B'av, Hashem shows us, it's true. You destroyed the first temple. You destroyed the second temple I gave you. But you should know that the third temple is already yours. It's already ready. And that is a deeper meaning of why we call this upcoming Shabbat, the Shabbat before the ninth of Av, Shabbat Chazon. It doesn't just mean the vision that Isaiah had. It also means the vision that every single one of us will receive this Shabbat. That is the explanation. And the Rebbe spoke about this many times. But I want to share with you, you can actually go on to Chabad.org and actually see this video. I want to share with you a video. The Rebbe speaks Yiddish, but you have subtitles along the whole thing with English. You hear this. I remember I heard this more than once. Sit in my office. You can't help but get emotional. The Rebbe starts talking. And the Rebbe explains that there's a metaphor in Hasidut. What is the metaphor in Hasidut? It is that the father, the king, he hides from his son, the prince. And why does he hide from the son, the prince? Because he wants to see whether his son will look for him or say, all right, Papa's not here. All right, let's go to the uh, game board, whatever it's going to be. Not only that, but it explains in Hasidus that the reason why God does this, the reason why God hides from his son is because when you see each other on a daily basis, what ends up happening is that the flow of emotions become stable. But when you don't see it's like a dam that's built. Now the current of the river is building, it's building, it's building. The pressure is building until it bursts with an unbelievable current. And that is why the father hides from the son. So too it explains in Chassidus throughout the entire exile. God hides from us to see Who's going to give up searching and who will not give up searching?
and he will continue searching. And not only he will continue searching for Hashem, but the more he searches, the more he sees that his father isn't there, the more his heart, the current of his natural love that every Jew has for God is building. The pressure is building. And then the Rebbe goes on and the Rebbe starts crying. You hear through the whole Sikha, you hear the Rebbe literally gasping in between words. You hear the Rebbe going, ah. It's a, you can go on again. It's a video, you can see it. And the Rebbe starts saying, but what do we want from him? He's only human. And he's only human because God made him human. So even for being human, we can't have any complaints to him. And he says, Sunday looked, Monday looked, Tuesday looked. And the Rebbe goes through the whole week and the Rebbe is crying. How much can we ask from a Jew to keep on looking from his father when his father continues to hide from him? How much strength does a Jew have to be able to continue living in pain and darkness, continuing looking and looking and knowing that he's looking and he still can't find? And why can't he find? Because God is still hiding from him. And the Rebbe is crying. Unbelievable to listen to this. I listened to it more than once. It's, uh, it's an amazing way to just hearing the Rebbe's voice, hearing the Rebbe crying about this. Is, does amazing things to your mind and heart. And then the Rebbe goes on to say, but Hashem already gives the ruling that I don't ask from anyone more than their capacity. So definitely we have the capacity and definitely we could continue looking and definitely we will find God and definitely Mashiach will come. And the conversation, the Rebbe continues with the Sikha. Why am I sharing this with you? Because we need to understand what's going on with the vision. Because the Rebbe, in that talk, he's justifying with great pain and tears how much we've gone through. The Rebbe over there mentions how much more so all the catastrophes that we went through throughout our history and how much more so the last catastrophe, and the Rebbe's talking about the Holocaust, how much can we hold on? How much can we continue living? They say that there was a great leader who when he heard that the Jewish people have Tisha B'Av, he was amazed. 2,000 years and they're still crying? Just that itself is mind-boggling. Year after year after year, Tisha B'Av, again, we cry. Again, we go through it. Again, we think about the exile. Again, we recommit. Again, we rebuild our faith. Again, we rebuild our yearning, our anticipation. Animamin. So the question over here is very powerful. How does it happen? How does it happen that year in and year out, whatever we go through, we should be able to maintain faith and trust in Hashem's presence and in the imminent redemption. 
now we understand why I'm speaking to you about vision and faith. Why I'm speaking to you about the faith that comes from the vision and the vision of faith. Because at a certain point, without Hashem showing the child the suit, the child just comes to terms. Oops, I botched up. I just won't be getting another suit. End of story. After 2,000 years, close to 2,000 years, time and time again, at some point, the human side of every Jew is going to have to come to terms. It was great days. We may never have it again. So Hashem on Shabbos Chazon gives us the vision. Hashem shows us the third temple. It's not a dream. I'm showing it to you. It's here. It's ready. It's yours. Just show me that you're mature enough this time that when I give it to you, you won't be wild, you won't be reckless, and you won't mess it up. There's an interesting sikha from the Rebbe, blessed memory, where the Rebbe talks about a very interesting teaching. Rashi tells us, where did they get the wood for the beams of the Mishkan? It's because when Jacob came to Egypt, Jacob planted those trees, and Jacob commanded his sons to command their sons to command their sons, that when the time comes, like God promised his grandfather Abraham, four generations, and then I will bring them back. You should know that you're going to need these trees, you're going to need these wood to build a tabernacle, to build a mishkan. So the Rebbe has a question. And where did they get everything else they need? They had a bunch of stuff they needed. Where did they get everything else? The Talmud actually says that the Jewish people being shrewd businessmen, leaving Egypt with a huge amount of wealth, the Talmud actually says that other nations came to them in the desert and did business with them. They bought things. So they couldn't buy wood. So the Rebbe explains, Jacob's issue wasn't where they're going to get the wood from. God tells the Jews they need wood. They'll find wood. Rather, Jacob was doing something, which is everything we're talking about now. Jacob wanted a physical object that when the Jews come home from being beaten all day, from having their kids cemented into the walls and murdered, from living year after year after year, day in and day out in torture of exile, on the way home, they should be able to look at something physical that would tell them, don't worry, this will come to an end. You will be leaving, and you're going to take these trees with you. A vision. He gave them a vision. 
He didn't give them an abstract vision. He didn't give them the Spanish, Ojalá, one day, Halavai, Imirza Hashem. He was telling them, God wants, God promised, and it's happening. So when the Jewish people came, broken, crawling their ways back home, they saw the trees, and all of a sudden, their heart returned to them. These trees, they're one day going to be part of our holy temple. I'll tell you an interesting story. I'm not going to mention the name because I don't have the right to mention the name. But my brother was telling me about a certain shliach. The shliach runs a budget, multi-million dollars. He's not the head of a one Chabad house. He's responsible for an entire country. Huge, really huge. And my brother asked him, how? How do you do this? How do you go to bed every night, waking up the next morning, not knowing if the bank's taking away this building, that building, juggling, coming, going? How do you do this? And he told my brother this answer. My brother told it to me. He told it to me when I was in Israel with him. We were sitting and talking. He told me that when I wrote into the Rebbe, he actually had very amazing, amazing, amazing answers from the Rebbe. He had a lot of support from the Rebbe. Whole issues, amazing stories. I don't want to get into all the details. But one time, when he wrote to the Rebbe about his, his problems, his money, the Rebbe answered him one word. Sight Weilig. Sight Weilig is in Yiddish. It means it's temporary. So he told my brother, every day, when it gets too much from me, I just remember what the Rebbe answered me. He told me clearly it's temporary. So one day I'm going to laugh at this. But meanwhile, look what I'm doing. So I owe. Look how many Jews are being touched. Look how many Jews are being helped. He lives with that vision. The Rebbe gave him an answer. Jacob planted trees. At some point... When we come to faith and we realize what's going on with this Shabbos Chazon, we realize what it means to have a vision. We realize what it means to see something that I can tell myself, no, it's not a story. It's not a hand-me-down. I saw it. I saw it. My soul saw it. I know it's real. Not only I know it's real, but I know from the giver's side, it's already been given. It's all up to me, the receiver, when I'm willing to receive. I'll tell you another interesting thing I heard from the Rebbe Blessed Memory many times. The Rebbe said once at night, he had a talk. He was giving out dollars to charity. And it is a, in the writings of the uh, great Arizal, there's a question whether you can give charity at night or not. He says not to give charity at night. So the rabbi said like this, I, there's a question about giving charity at night, and here I'm giving out dollars to charity, but you don't know when I already committed this. Could be that I committed to give this by day. So from the giver's point of view, it's already been given. Right now, the receiver is receiving it. 
doesn't say the receiver can't receive money at night. It says the giver shouldn't give charity at night. Why am I sharing this with you? I'm just sharing with you for, to understand the perspective that when Hashem shows us the base of Migdash, He's telling us from the giver's perspective, it's already done. The question here isn't about the giver. The question over here is about the receiver. The question is when the child is willing to commit that I'm mature enough to take care of this suit. This suit I won't be messing up. So the vision that we're talking about by Shabbos Chazon, the vision of the third temple is what allows us to have faith, trust, tangible, practical faith and trust, even in the moment of against all odds. Understand where your inner makings are nurturing their trust from, their faith from. It isn't the, uh, what's that thing with that sunflower? She loves me, she loves me not, she loves me, she loves me not. If we just think about our mind, we just think about the way we fight with ourselves to have a munah bitachon, that's the way it is. I trust, I don't trust, I trust, I don't trust, I trust, I don't trust. It's like a seesaw. And by the way, the Rebbe mentions that. Because we have to bring it out to revelation. But when we talk about a faith that comes not from, I figured it out, I didn't figure it out, I think it's true, I think it's not true. But it comes from a faith from what you saw. You talk about a faith because of a vision. Not a story that my grandmother handed me down from her grandmother, from her grandmother, from her grandmother, which that itself would be enough. It's not just that we learned it and we read it and it says in the book. Rather, this Shabbos, the source well of your emuna and bitachon is once again going to tangibly see that the Besamikdash already exists, it already was given to us, we just need to receive it. I want to share with you what the Rebbe said in the last mimer that he handed out personally to each and every one of us. Famous Purim Karton mimer. We learn it every year in Gimel Tammuz. In there, the Rebbe talks about that Moses was called Raya Mehemna. Raya Nehemna means, simply speaking, the faithful shepherd. Where the word faithful is an adjective to the shepherd. That means that he did his job faithfully. Moses did his job right. In the Mimer, he reflects upon a different interpretation where the word shepherd isn't a noun but a verb and the word faithful is an adverb. Explaining what he shepherds. What does he feed? What does he pasteurize his people with? And the Rebbe, because it's built on Purim cotton, so the Rebbe talks about Moses and Mordechai. He calls the sages that say that Mordechai in his generation was like Moses in his generation. And he explains that the job of every single Rebbe in every single generation, he speaks over there about Moses, he speaks over there about Mordechai, he speaks over there about the previous Rebbe, 
And he goes on to explain, the job of a Moses of his generation is to feed his flock with faith. To simply pasture them with faith. To give them faith. Now this is the big question. How do you feed faith? How many times have you either said or heard this statement? Oh, I wish I had that person's faith. I wish. I was just brought up secular. I was brought up scientific. I need proof. I wish I was just able to believe like that guy believes. Or that girl believes. We wonder, how do you get faith? And over there he speaks about two levels. The first level is what we're talking about now. It's through visions. It's through showing us things. Either through showing us miracles or through showing our mind a way to see through his teachings. You see, and seeing is believing. The second way he talks about, he says, which is the higher way, is not by showing you something that's not in you, but rather revealing that which is within you. The essence of your making of your being, the essence of your soul, has faith. Because it is a piece of God. Thus, it knows God. Its faith is a total different level. Tonight, we're talking about vision. Tonight, we're talking about being able to have faith because of a vision. To be able to say, I saw it. It's really true. If this is true in every single generation how much more so in our generation, how much more so in the last decade, how much more so in recent history, where it isn't just Jews no more that are starting to think something big is happening here, something universal, something, dots are appearing. How can we not connect the dots? And many of us, because we don't want to deal with it, so we purposely run into business and to other things and start doing more things just to keep our mind from it. But let's stop for a moment. Let's stop for a moment and open up to see. Just simply to see what's happening. Two weeks ago, I wrote an article in the email about my trip to Israel. I mean, how can someone not pay attention that for almost 2,000 years, Jewish people did not walk on the very stones that the Jews walked to the temple. You and I are walking on those stones, go to Israel, go to the tunnel tour, and you'll walk on those stones. How can you not get chills? When you stand there and look at a mikvah that refilled itself from the very same way that they used to fill the mikvah in the times of the Holy Temple. I saw it with my own eyes. It was just discovered six months ago. There was mud. They were schlepping out mud. They came the next morning and it was filled. 
because there's nine holes in the wall which the water comes through and one of those holes is still open. I, I saw the filth mikveh. You go to Ir David, where it all started. Jerusalem as a capital. We didn't have this. The greatest sages didn't have this. Maimonides didn't see this. Something's going on. There's a full circle being completed here. We're being shown more than just a spiritual vision. Go back 30 years ago and tell a Russian that one day there'll be perestroika. He'll tell you, yeah, of course. Right after Elijah announces Mashiach and Mashiach comes, of course there'll be perestroika. Until then, it ain't happening. Who would have thought that it would have happened without millions of lives being lost in a war, a revolution? We can continue talking and talking and talking about this. So when we talk about a vision, when I tell you about the vision of the third base of Migdash, you're going to tell me my soul sees it. My physical eyes didn't see it. So let's talk about what our physical eyes see. Let's talk about a vision that gives us faith. Yeah, we can sit and complain all day long about the economy and what's going on and what, what, what is going on. We can sit and complain. The Talmud says that it's going to be very difficult times. There were sages that said, may Mashiach come, but not in my days. Sages said that. We want Mashiach to come, but we don't want to be around because of what's going to happen then. There are very difficult times. Stories that are going on in, 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 in Israel that just happened. A story that happened in New York. Who would dream? Shem have mercy on us. Of course people are hurting. People are hurting all over the place. But now let's look at the half full cup. Something's going on. Pieces on the board are being moved around. How can we not see what's happening? So there's one thing to have a faith in what we heard, in what we read, in what we were told. But it takes on a whole new dimension when we talk about a faith built on vision, something you see, something your soul sees. Now let me share with you. In the world of Kabbalah, we are taught that the higher levels of the soul, the ones that don't permeate the body, the higher two levels, the lower three levels permeate, the higher three, two levels encompass. In the world of Kabbalah, we refer to them as mazal. Mazal, you know to mean luck. But over here, actually, it means something else. When the Talmud says, mazlayu chazi, they didn't see it. There's a whole story the Talmud tells us that there was a prayer, was with the Daniel, the prophet, and the, the other people trembled, and they questioned, if he saw it, why did they tremble? They didn't see anything. And the Talmud answers, they didn't see, but their mazal, meaning their soul, did see. Good. That still doesn't answer the question. When your soul sees something, you tremble. So here's an interesting interpretation to the word mazal. 
The word mazal also comes from the word nozel. Nozel means to drip. In modern Hebrew, you say that. Nozel. Why is that higher level of the, of the soul called a drip? You've heard this from me before. I'll tell it to you again. How many times have you been driving down on the 95, either listening to some music channel on FM or some talk show on AM, and out of nowhere, you're just overcome by an amazing feeling of Jewishness. You all of a sudden have a strong feeling for our people, for Hashem, a strong feeling for Israel, whatever it may be. Now, you know that in Judaism, in holiness, nothing comes unearned. <laughs> if you are listening to some singer, why are you all of a sudden feeling Jewish? If you are listening to someone rambling about today's politics or economy or stories, why all of a sudden did you start thinking about Israel in a Jewish way? And the answer is because your mazal was just nozel into your brain. That level of the soul just dripped and you felt it. The previous Rebbe says, he asked a question. The Talmud says that every single day out of Mount Sinai comes a heavenly voice and says, woe to those who, who embarrass the Torah, don't study Torah. So the previous Rebbe asked a question. The Talmud itself says that God does no miracle in vain. So here we have a problem. Those who do hear spiritual things don't need that warning. They're studying Torah. And those who don't study Torah don't hear those things. So why is God doing it? It's like the government with our tax dollars, right? We're still sending out some sign every single day in case some alien picks it up out of NASA. I mean, what's going on? That's what's going on. Mount Sinai is shooting out a symbol for in case someone hears it. And the previous Rebbe answers how horrible it would look if that voice wouldn't be going out. If this is how bad it is with the voice, imagine what it would be without the voice. But why? What does the voice help? The answer is because your mazal, your higher levels of your soul, they hear it. They hear God saying every single day, woe to those who embarrass the Torah, who don't study Torah. But that's still not a good enough answer. Because that part of my soul would be studying Torah if it had a choice. So what is going on? And the answer is that that piece of the soul drips into our consciousness. To talk maybe language that you're more familiar with, the subconscious drips into the conscious. The mazal, the higher levels of the soul, nozel, into the lower levels of the soul that permeates our intellect, our emotions, and the way we think, speak, and act. So when we talk about the vision of faith, the faith that comes from vision, understand that if the tzaddik tells us that this Shabbat we are going to see the third Beta Migdash, understand what happened in that story. Mazlayu Chazi, and they trembled. Why? Because it drips. If your soul got to see it, it will impact your consciousness. And when that drip happens, your faith and trust takes on a whole new level. Because seeing is believing.
So when we talk about Shabbos Chazon, we've got to this Shabbos open up. We've got to this Shabbos stop adamantly fighting that I'm a pragmatic person. I'm a number person. Show it to me on paper. We need to this Shabbos be able to understand that Hashem is A, showing us the third base Amigdash, not the blueprints, but the actual building. He's not only showing us the building, he's actually letting us know that the giver already gave, and it's all in our hands. The receiver needs to be willing to receive. This Shabbos, take a moment to just stop running away from the facts that are beginning to play itself out across the globe. Stop running away from the dots, rather connect the dots. Understand that Mashiach is a reality. The third base of Migdash is a reality. It's already within our reach. And all we need to do is be willing to receive it. I spoke to you last week about leaving go of the branch. That's part of receiving it. It's part of being opened up to a whole new reality. It's funny. For whatever reason, when I got into my car to come here, I wasn't in the mood I was, I'm in right now. You guys bring the best out of me, and I thank you for that. And all of a sudden, as I got into the car, I reminded myself of something I heard from my uncle, that when he was having a real rotten day, I didn't have a rotten day today, just whatever happened, happened. And he actually went somewhere. He had to come up with funds to pay for some bills. So he walked into one of his people that helps him. He's sitting in the office, and all of a sudden, smack hits him. One of those, you know how they crochet these sayings? It was one of those crochet in a fair frame, and it said these words. Stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big God is. As I got into my car, I just told myself that. You know what, guys? I'm coming to the class. That's the way it is. That's a little shift that happens with a vision. When we realize that exile is out of place and redemption is in place. When we realize that over the last 2,000 years, I told you this before once, the previous Rebbe said, don't spill blood over what our pre predecessors spilled blood. In football, every down starts at where the ball drops. You don't go back. You pick up the ball and you go further. So maybe we're not the brightest group and generation that God has ever had for his people. Maybe we are that group of Schmendricks. But guess what? We are on the one yard line. They already did it for us. Don't start thinking, oh my God, the whole football field? No, not the whole football field. We're there. The Beit HaMikdash was built by the spiritual actions, the physical actions of all our predecessors. God already gave it to us. God's showing us that he, it's there and he's giving it to us. 
It just takes a little bit of a shift. But like I said in the beginning of the class, when the Rebbe was crying, Sunday looked, Monday looked, Tuesday looked. Imagine. Imagine looking and looking and looking and looking and all of a sudden through the keyhole you see it. That's what our generation is experiencing. Through the keyhole, we're seeing it. Let's stop running away from all the facts that are happening, all the events that are taking place across the globe. Let's stop living in denial. Let's stop always be the kvetcher. There's always the kvetcher. We only could talk about the problems, and there are enough problems to talk about. Why not have a Shabbos where we'll talk about, wow, it really, you can see it. Pieces are moving into place. It's really happening. Guys, we're talking about a vision that feeds faith. We're talking about a faith that's built on vision. We're not talking no more of some abstract, I was told to believe, so I believe. We're looking. We're opening our eyes. We're opening our heart. We're seeing things happen, guys. May it be. May we not fast this year. May we have a huge, big fabrengen in Yerushalayim, in the Temple Mount.